0: Hey everyone, welcome to God's Plan, Your Part, Year 2, where this year we're reading through and studying the entire New Testament one chapter at a time. Thanks again for joining us in discovering God's plan and your part in it.
1: What's up with parables anyway? Like, what's the point of these stories? Uh, If you have that question, uh, we will attempt to give you an answer, but also if you have that question, Matthew 13 is a great place to go because Matthew 13 feels like it is like rapid fire parable land, the land of the (laughs) rapid fire parables. Uh, And Jesus does actually uh, answer a little bit about why he teaches in parables. And you might not actually like the answer, to be honest.
0: No, I think it's funny that you say that. Uh, Chapter 13, verse 10 literally says, the disciples came to him and said, why do you speak to them in parables? (laughs) And he answered them, To you, it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but to them, it has not been given. Um, So I think that's a really interesting question that they had because they were probably thinking the same thing. Like, why are you talking like this?
1: This is probably a great example of like our own biblical bias. Like if you've been around the Bible for a long time, you've been in church, you've like been a Christian for a while. Like, we just take a lot of things for granted, not mm-hmm. on purpose. We just do. And so if you imagine Jesus standing in front of a group of people and this is how he speaks, it's it's actually fairly confusing. Like, honestly, like if you went to um, church on Sunday and your pastor stood up and was like, I'd like to tell you a story of three laundry baskets.
0: <laughs> the first laundry basket
1: had a white shirt. You'd be like, what is going on? Like, what is he even talking about? I think that's. I think it's fair to say that when the crowds would have listened to Jesus, they would have been confused because even Jesus' own disciples are like, Jesus, what are you doing?
0: However, it's interesting. Our study Bibles mention that the secrets of the kingdom of heaven that are like hidden in these parables, um, they were actually communicated also to the disciples who would have been making sense of what he was saying. So I think to them, they were probably like, why aren't you just speaking really directly with them? But I think if if anybody knows anything about like discovering truth, like when you experience it yourself, those types of things come back to memory. You're like, oh my word, that's what that meant. So I don't know that because it's in our, also in our study Bibles, the place that he was telling these parables was called the Cove of the Parables, which is apparently like this place along like a beach. And it was like this great big horseshoe-typed, uh, I don't know, like shaped place where whoever was speaking could be heard by like thousands. I think our Bible said between five and seven thousand people at a time. And so, although they might not understand it then, Jesus is still revealing truth about God's kingdom through these parables that, again, is like holding their attention. And although they might not understand or reject Jesus, there may come a time when these come back to them and it like applies to what they're going through, what they're experiencing um, and potentially help them to understand the kingdom of God in an easier, more like manageable way.
1: This is one of those instances where if you have a question about what the Bible is teaching, um, the answer needs to come from the answer that the Bible provides first and foremost. So if you're reading through a text and you're like, what could that possibly mean? And then the text goes on to say, this is what that meant. That's what it has to mean, uh, which might seem kind of like nerdy extra credit, but it mm-hmm. is important for biblical interpretation. So I say that for two reasons. One, Jesus does explain some of these parables. So we do not have the freedom To make them mean something that Jesus says they don't mean. So, like when Jesus explains word for word what the parable of the sower means, Mm -hmm. you're not allowed to create something out of thin air that doesn't match what (laughs) Jesus is saying. It could
0: be referring to this. And people do that.
1: Like, people do that. I have literally seen pastors preach parables that are explained 10 verses later in a way that does not match what is explained 10 verses later. And that is irresponsible. uh, And that is like mishandling God's word. And if Mm -hmm. your pastor is doing that, you have the right to be like, hey, what's going on here? Like God's word actually says clearly what's going on. Why did you feel the need to pull something out of thin air to make that mean what you wanted it to mean?
0: Well, I think it's interesting too. Like, And I, I don't know if this means anything. I'm not sure. But I feel like I have heard plenty of sermons on specifically the parable of the sower and the parable of the weeds. And ironically, both of them have a section like you were just saying that says the parable of the sower explained. Like Jesus goes into great detail to say what it means. Same for the parable of the weeds, parable of the weeds explained. So like, it's very interesting to me that these two stories that can be taken so often and so out of context Like you said, there are sections following it that explain what it means, and it's just like it just seems like complete. um, What's the word I want? Irresponsibility.
1: This will. This is extra credit, and this will make me sound like an old man. But this is one of the reasons you should actually take your Bible with you to church, (laughs) so that you can read it and see. Like, okay, we're learning this passage. I'm going to see the context. I'm going to read the context mm-hmm. for myself. One of the things that shocked me as a pastor in a fairly large church, where most of us did not bring our Bibles to church, myself included, uh, people just believe what's on the screen. Mm-hmm. And you could throw anything on the screen and people would be like, oh, that was a great sermon. And you'd be like, well, that wasn't even, it was not even in context. So mm-hmm. please take your Bible to church. Uh, please study from your Bible. Read the context so that you're kind of like on the rails with what's going on. The second point I wanted to make about the text has to, Like if the text explains something, you have to believe that explanation is that the disciples ask why Jesus is preaching in parables. Mm -hmm. And Jesus says um, it's because some people are allowed to understand and some people aren't. So if Jesus says that, that's what it means. And then he explains from Isaiah, um, you will indeed hear, but never understand. You will indeed see, but never perceive. This means that there are people who would have heard Jesus' message at least, you know, at least at that time that actually heard it, that were not meant to understand it at that time.
0: I was gonna say, I think that's important too, at that time, because Mm -hmm. I think Jesus could have come in front of all these thousands of people that could have apparently been there and just said, the kingdom of heaven is valuable and you need to like understand it's valuable. He could have easily just said that, like the, the disciples are kind of alluding to here. But I think again, in his graciousness, from what I'm seeing, like giving parables that say the same thing, Over and over again as like this mental picture is like, I mean, as a teacher, it's helpful to Mm -hmm. give those types of things and it might not make total sense, but maybe somewhere down the road, Mm -hmm. those examples will come back and it will be all the more um, easy to understand. So
1: to add to the down the road point uh, in Acts chapter two, Peter is going to speak a very direct sermon. Uh, Stephen in Acts chapter six and seven is going to preach a very direct sermon. Mm-hmm. Paul over and over and over again is going to preach a very direct sermon. Mm-hmm. So like the time of parables will have passed and right. they're going after the people. So <laughs> You've had your chance. Yeah. Here it
0: is now. Yeah. Okay. So
1: let's dive into some of these. I think like I would I would love to talk about uh, our world today and the parable of the sower if we have some time. And as <laughs> as it stands we are in charge so we have some time
0: <laughs> well go for it cause you seem pretty excited <laughs> I, I think
1: the parable of the sower is really really interesting and I know like it's it's one of those dangerous stories where you've heard it a hundred times um, but but pay attention to this like if you're tracking with us go read Matthew 13 for yourself spend some time looking at the parable of the sower because the idea is the seed is going out some of these seeds spring up very quickly but they have no roots, none mm-hmm. and they can't they can't withstand what's coming. um some of them can't withstand the heat, they can't handle like a change in environment. they can't handle a change in temperature, and then some uh are actually fruitful, like I think it's a good parable. I think it's worth looking into um because Jesus is saying, like this is God's word, and when God's word is sown, this is what happens.
0: one well, thing too. And what is really interesting about, like, the explanation then is in verse 19, um, Jesus is explaining, uh, I, actually, I guess it's verse 18 and 19, it says, here then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. Plain and simple, wrapped up really nicely with a cute little bell, like, mm-hmm. bottom line, that's what happens. Like, if you don't understand it and you get really excited for, like, a hot second, it's going to get snatched away if it's not applied and like actually nurtured and cared for.
1: I think the roots one gets my attention um, because it is one thing to hear the the word, the news of the kingdom, the word of God. It's one thing to hear it and be really excited about it. But if you do nothing to develop like deep sustaining roots,
0: discipleship, you're
1: just going to wither and die. Mm-hmm. And that yeah. is what it is. It's discipleship. Like you have to put these words into action. You have to study these words so that you can learn more about how mm-hmm. to put them into action. And it has to be accompanied with like this high affinity and love for Jesus being led by his Holy Spirit. This is how we're meant to live our lives, guys. This is how we're meant to live our lives. Please hear me. Like we are doing this podcast. We we are very passionate about um, teaching and ourselves living God's word. It's like always it's so that we ourselves can grow, but we want you to grow too. But if you're not Developing roots. You're not going to make it.
0: Well, I think it's interesting too when you read about the actual good seed that is sown. Oftentimes it's like, oh, I definitely want to be that. Um, But keep in mind, like that seed too faces all of the same trials and temptations and tribulation that the other seeds do. It's just that, like Brian was saying, its roots are grounded and it is like definitely um, being sown into daily. Like mm-hmm. this is not just something that happens and then goes away. Um, the reason that it's a good seed in good soil is because they understand it and apply it through like daily discipleship through their actual like choices of understanding the word and applying it.
1: I want to be open here. And I, like, I don't want you to think that I'm pretentious or something. So please don't hear me the wrong way. But This is now the second year of us, uh, Jenny and I and you guys with us, like really trying to take God's word seriously. And one of the things I've noticed in my my own heart, my own soul, my own life is that I am concerned about outside voices less and less and less. I would say I can literally Mm. feel that like falling away. Hmm. Um, And it's because I am being more and more oriented towards God's word and what he teaches. And like, please, 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 please don't, don't hear me the wrong way. God is constantly revealing to me all the ways that I'm missing the mark. I'm serious. Like there are constantly ways where I'm like, why did I do that? Like that was not honoring Christ. And like, that is kind of shameful to me that I was ashamed of the gospel. I should have been more bold. Um, But I think as we continue this journey, God is going to continue to stir in our hearts more and more affection for him and less uh, and less affection for the world. And I think, Jenny, like you and I in our own lives, we have noticed that there there's a little bit more tension in our lives mm-hmm. now because it's like now we're just not going to live that way.
0: Well, it's interesting, too. We've been talking about this a lot. It's funny. We've been talking with our well, my in-laws more recently, Ryan's parents. They're regular um, listeners. So hello, guys. <laughs> anyway, when we've been talking with them recently, it is interesting how as we've been on this journey, it's It's much easier anymore to like really consider and question what is being told to us, um, whether it be in a church setting or if it is coming from like, you know, a high influential pastor or whatever, um, any person who is claiming that they know something about God's mm-hmm. word. I think oftentimes what we are doing is being able to discern what is true and who is actually spending time reading and studying God's word before they begin practice or excuse me preaching it to others. So we have definitely learned in that and not necessarily to be like hypercritical but like being very concerned for yeah. the the right keeping of the word and mm-hmm. teaching it and actually teaching what it says not just accepting something because it mm-hmm. came out of a pastor's mouth. Um that has been really interesting and honestly a little bit of like a goofy spot for us. Cause it's like, okay, we definitely, we don't want to be a part of that because you don't know the Bible. You don't know God's word. Um, and so I don't know, just becoming more familiar with it, even with these parables and what they're trying to say has been pretty critical in our walk these past two years. I would
1: add to that too. And i like, I'm being a little bit more open than I typically am. I think I would add to that too, that we are careful not to make God's word an idol in our lives. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, we want to be drawn always to the person of Christ um, to the direction of the Holy Spirit. I had breakfast with a guy this morning that I just love. Like every time I meet with this guy, he just gives me so much. He's a breath of fresh air every time. And he is so driven by the Holy Spirit that he doesn't he doesn't do anything that God doesn't want him to do. And yeah, he comes off like a like a little wild every once in a while. <laughs> but it's like, man, that guy loves Jesus and he's uh, committed yeah. to Jesus. And uh-huh. there is no question that he's committed to Jesus because he makes decisions that actually make his life more difficult. And he actually reminds me of like, uh, later on in, in Matthew 13, uh, these, there's two parables, one about a pearl that's worth a lot. And one Mm -hmm. about a treasure hidden in a field. And the the idea is basically like when you find the kingdom of heaven and you understand how valuable it is, you give up everything to Mm -hmm. have it. And it's the only thing you want guys. I hope, I hope, I hope, and I pray, uh, that that is true of you, that, that God's kingdom is the only thing that you want that you can just like shed everything else. Um, Because God's word actually says Jesus promises that when we seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, everything else will be added to us. Like, he'll take care of us.
0: So I think it's interesting that you brought that up about the, the hidden treasure in the field as well as the pearls. So the first one that's talking about the hidden treasure in the field It refers to someone who kind of just like stumbles upon, which to me is like God's sovereignty and leading you to Mm -hmm. knowing who he is. And then the second one is about a parable of a merchant who is looking for these great pearls and doesn't stop until he finds it. Mm -hmm. So to me, that's kind of like someone who is just beginning to understand who God is and then gives up their life fully in order to pursue God's kingdom and then there's another, like the other person is someone who, I think who knows who God is, but desires to continue to learn yeah. until they have like, I don't know.
1: Give it all up, that, pursue yeah. it, pursue it, pursue so it. So I like it. the two
0: the two different like perspectives there's, that go with that.
1: There's a ton to be mined out of here. Maybe we need a whole series on Matthew 13, but mm-hmm. um, I would say there's two main themes that I do want you guys to notice. Um, one is that Jesus is clearly teaching that there's judgment. There are people who are obedient and there are people who are not and those who are obedient are gathered to Christ in the kingdom of heaven, and those who are not are thrown into the fire.
0: And that's uh, for forty-seven to forty-nine, and talking it, about those fish.
1: Yeah, it's repeated a couple times because it's about the fish, it's about the weeds. Um, mm-hmm. Like it, it's in there. It's all going to be separated, just thrown out. away, and yep. burned. Uh, then the other thing is kind of this what we're talking about the treasure, where it is like the kingdom of heaven is worth giving up everything in pursuit of. Mm-hmm. So it is like, yeah, there will be a judgment, and also you should give up everything, because nothing matters but Christ. Paul's going to say later on, to live is Christ, to die is gain. Mm-hmm. It's all Christ. That's what we want.
0: So what's your part for today? <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: I mean, that that was lengthy and the reading's a little bit longer. So we apologize for the slightly longer episode, but I think that your part is clear. Uh, pursue Jesus. Trust his word uh, we don't we don't read his word to be smarter academics there's the world has enough of those kind of people. Um, we read God's word to understand who God is so that we can honor him more with our lives, with our decisions, with our families, all of it. And we want to be those people who discover this hidden treasure that is the kingdom of God and leave everything to pursue that one thing of great value. So that is my encouragement to you today. Uh, I will be praying for you today. I don't say that as empty words. I'll be praying for you today uh, that you are encouraged and that you continue to endure. Trust in Christ and follow his spirit uh, as you build his kingdom. Uh, We'll be back again tomorrow in Matthew 14. We'll see you then.
0: Thanks for joining today's episode of God's Plan, Your Part. As always, please consider partnering with us as we are a listener-supported podcast that we hope to continue to grow with support from listeners just like you.
1: We've made it super easy to partner with us, and you can support us by following the link in our show notes or our description. You can support us with as little as $3 a month.
0: Every little bit of this helps so much, and we're so thankful for your support. With that in mind, here's today's reading.
1: Matthew chapter 13. That same day Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea. A great crowd gathered around him, so that he got into a boat and sat down. And the whole crowd stood on the beach. And he told them many things in parables, saying, A sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seeds fell along the path. And the birds came and devoured them. Other seeds fell on rocky ground, where they did not have much soil, and immediately they sprang up, since they had no depth of soil. Other seeds fell on rocky ground, where they did not have much soil, and immediately they sprang up, since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched. And since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and produced grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears, let him hear. Then the disciples came and said to him, For truly I say to you, many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see, and did not see it, and to hear what you hear, and did not hear it. Hear then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. This is what was sown along the path. As for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. and yields in one case a hundredfold, in another sixty, and in another thirty. He put another parable before them, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while his men were sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. So when the plants came up and bore grain, then the weeds appeared also. And the servants of the master of the house came and said to him, Master, did you not sow good seed in your field? how then does it have weeds? He said to them, an enemy has done this. So the servants said to him, then do you want us to go and gather them? But he said, no, lest in gathering the weeds you root up the wheat along with them. Let both grow together until the harvest, and at the harvest time I will tell the reapers, gather the weeds first and bind them in bundles to be burned, but gather the wheat into my barn." He put another parable before them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like the grain of a mustard seed that a man took and sowed in his field. It is the smallest of all seeds, but when it has grown it is larger than all the garden plants and becomes a tree, so that the birds of the air come and make nests in its branches. He told them another parable, The kingdom of heaven is like leaven that a woman took and hid in three measures of flour till it was all leavened. All these things Jesus said to the crowds in parables, Indeed, he said nothing to them without a parable. This was to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet. I will open my mouth in parables. I will utter what has been hidden since the foundation of the world. Then he left the crowds and went into the house, and his disciples came to him, saying, Explain to us the parable of the weeds of the field. He answered, The one who sows the good seed is the son of man. The field is the world, and the good seed is the sons of the kingdom. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. He who has ears, let him hear. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls, who on finding one pearl of great value went and sold all that he had and bought it. Again, The kingdom of heaven is like a net that was thrown into the sea and gathered fish of every kind. When it was full, men drew it ashore and sat down and sorted the good into containers but threw away the bad. So it will be at the end of the age. The angels will come out and separate the evil from the righteous and throw them into the fiery furnace. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Have you understood all these things? They said to him, Yes. And he said to them, Therefore... Every scribe who has been trained for the kingdom of heaven is like a master of a house, who brings out of his treasure what is new and what is old. And when Jesus had finished these parables, he went away from there, and coming to his hometown, he taught them in the synagogue, so that they were astonished and said, Where did this man get his wisdom and these mighty works? Is not this the carpenter's son? Is not his mother called Mary? And are not his brothers James and Joseph and Simon and Judas? And are not all his sisters with us? Where then did this man get all these things? And they took offense at him. But Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his hometown and in his own household. And he did not do many mighty things there because of their unbelief. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of God's Plan, Your Part. Don't forget, you can find us on just about every social media platform and YouTube. Let us know what you thought of today's episode, and if you have any questions, go ahead and post them there. You can also reach out to us directly at, godsplan, your part, at gmail.com. As always, if you don't have a Bible or if you'd like to use the one that we use, uh, reach out to us via email and we'll be happy to send one to you. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you again tomorrow.